0: Hey this is Reza This is Sandy welcome to the Stone Cold Silver podcast
1: Thanks for stopping by Welcome to the 238th episode of the Stone Cold Silver podcast. Reza you uh, you just sort of told me... You completed some sort of test? What kind of test did you uh complete? Yeah,
0: so a while ago you did a twenty three and me uh DNA test, right? Uh-huh. And that was Yep. That was was it a year and a half ago? Was it was a la it was like a year ago, y- right? Y- it was Prime Day was Probably. it Black Friday that you got the kit?
1: I think it was Black Friday. Okay.
0: So yeah, you went through the results live on the pod. Um i'm not sure i'm brave enough to go through the results live on the pod i feel like i want to like skim them real quick and be like yeah do i have like is there any is there any crazy genetic disease that i'm gonna have <laughs> that i'm not trying to read on dude. There? share it man. <laughs> and it looks like i'm going to die in two years oh gosh yeah uh no so um lena's mom had bought these kits a while ago actually um I want to say back in like January, maybe she ordered them because they were on sale and they were sitting on um like just this table unopened for a bit. And Lena got her mom bought two. And I think her intention was to have us like either, either of us do the test so that we can get an idea with what, you know, what's in the baby's DNA. Um mm-hmm. And Lena wasn't trying to do it. So she's like, oh, you should totally do it. And so I was like, all right, cool.
1: Why wasn't she trying to do it?
0: I guess, I guess there's, I know people have had concerns about these, some of these companies having access to uh, these users' DNA. Um, And there's certainly been reports that have have come out saying, oh, they've, you know, quote, sold this data. But what, you know, coming from someone who's, maybe not like super well-versed in it, but also is in the field. And I, I definitely have an understanding of some of this information. A lot of it is anonymized. So these what they'll do is they'll sell yep. some of this data to pharmaceutical companies uh, or even uh, research companies. And with the intention is to um, try to identify links to any number of of uh, diseases or traits that these people might have, and and give people a, or give these companies a better idea as to how to develop treatment or drugs for some of these diseases, um, and oftentimes then, of course, like I said, it's it's anonymized. I mean, there's obviously there's going to be a way to link it back to you, whereas like I think like what I think the idea would be like, say there are of like these a million people that submit their data, um, maybe like. 10 people have something interesting going on i think then the pharmaceutical pharmaceutical company might say hey we really want to like get more information from these 10 people and i think at i think at that point you opt in or you can opt in to be contacted by these third party companies and so say there's something interesting going on with you then 23me or uh, ancestry or whatever company would then reach out to you or maybe I guess, assuming you've said yes, maybe then they submit your contact information so that you could be contacted by one of these companies. So that's okay. generally, I think, how it works. And maybe there, you know, with the way the way with the way data is handled nowadays, I understand the concern and you know, like the issues with Facebook and um, and and what that could be, um, you know, uh, reckless. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the right word that they that they did. They basically gave the data to these companies, whereas something like the was the Equifax hack, right? I think it was Equifax.
1: Yeah, it was.
0: Um, when their 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 servers or what the, the data was leaked, and pretty much everybody that had uh, a credit report with that company had their information leaked somewhere. So you know, we're pretty much all screwed. Uh, yeah. so that oh, good. yeah, there's there's different levels to to uh. To this but the more companies that have access to your data the more concerning it is and when it comes to something like your your genetic data it certainly is something to consider and if it's not something that you need then I can understand why she doesn't really feel like doing it so anywho yeah I took it we get an idea of you know what what could be in the babies in the baby's DNA and uh, I'll have an idea of just you know what's going on with me I'm definitely really interested in seeing the results
1: so uh. What do you, what are you, uh, confident that you think you know so far?
0: Oh, gosh. I, I have no idea, to be honest. I don't, really? I don't really know. I don't really know what types of things I'm going to see. Like, if in terms of like, uh, things that I might be like predisposed to, so things that I know that run in my family. Yeah. I know that I have, I know that, uh, high cholesterol runs in my family, uh, high blood pressure runs in my family. Uh-huh um i'm
1: talking about more from like a racial standpoint oh, like, oh uh your family's like racial background
0: just like things like sickle cell or whatever uh or like a cancer type of thing
1: oh no no i mean like where oh where,
0: oh 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 um, oh i see what you're saying i see what you're like saying where in the world are you are you from? i see um your family from? yeah 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 okay <laughs> i like, i hadn't that i didn't, think, I didn't think about that at all um
1: because that's what they also give you right
0: yeah they do they they, they give you the uh the, your ethnic backgrounds Um, so I know my mom's from Iran, my dad's from Ghana. I don't really know how much of that, like how detailed they're going to get. And I think we did experience that a bit with, with yours, right? When you were looking at your results, didn't things get a bit hazy at some point or some somewhere along the lines where it seems like they probably didn't have enough data to discern the specific backgrounds. I'm wondering how, how that's going to go, especially with some, with a region like Africa, where there's, you know slave trade and like just a lot of um movement of people uh with colonialization and everything like that i'm wondering how well they'll really be able to tease that out so i'm kind of interested well, just from a not maybe not necessarily an anthropological perspective but i'm interested just to see how how their system works and what they're able to tease out from that data
1: well let's uh let's log in really quickly to uh 23 Me, shall we sure me.com yep oh there's a username and password <laughs> first try
0: maybe. maybe maybe not
1: survey says yes cool alright um ancestry view your ancestry composition oh yeah I am oh interesting they have it right up here your DNA suggests that 96.9% of your ancestry is Chinese. 96.9% Chinese, 1.6% Manchurian Mongolian, and 0.8% Korean. Okay. So you could have a more, you could, A, you'll definitely have a different colored graph than mine. Yeah. Uh, mine is mostly orange from the 23andMe perspective. Yours would be, it looks like way more purple because. Okay. Uh, the African continent is all purple. Yeah. Uh, the and the Middle Eastern peninsula is blue. Mm-hmm. So it's going to look way different than mine, based on that. Not that long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a. I really like it. I also think that twenty three and me is designed really well. So I was definitely intrigued by that. Right. Um, what are so? I, I think I just asked you. Um, earlier but like the the top questions that you would love answered do you have any um I, like if you would have to rank them
0: i think for me i'm really interested to see just the um it's not it's not so much the ethnic background although i know that that that's actually one of the main reasons why lena's mom got it was to see yeah. you know what what does what does where's this baby coming from or what what's this like what's the history of this of this baby but for me – and, and like, by having Lena's mob, because she got – like I said, she got two. So she actually did it too, and she submitted it. So we'll have at least one half of Lena to be able to determine some of that. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the, the main thing I'm really looking forward to is seeing what's in my DNA, um, like, trait-wise in terms of uh, things that I might be, like, genetically predisposed to. And one of the things that we talked about, I know, when we went through your – when we did the uh, your results – is thinking of, like the, the cool thing about these tests is that it can make you aware of certain things that you might be, um, you know, predisposed to, whether that's like, um, like in my case, I think you know, like high blood pressure or cholesterol and seeing some of these things and be like, okay, well, what can I do to reduce the risks of, um, being, you know, finding myself being affected by, you know, blank. Um, I don't think diabetes runs in my family but like if that were if that was something that I needed to be concerned about thinking about thinking about ways that I can change my diet or lifestyle to to uh to combat that and make sure that that, I, that doesn't become something that I'm that I become affected by so things like that thinking of ways Fair that enough. I might have to make lifestyle changes in order to to uh, improve my my long-term health
1: um the Let's see. The plans that I have right now are there's some traits that I have. Uh, Okay. Interesting. There's a couple of new ones. Yeah. Ice cream flavor preference. (laughs) (laughs) More likely to prefer vanilla over chocolate ice cream. And this is how you know that this stuff is not 100% accurate. Because if it knew anything about me, it would know that I like pistachio. (laughs) Fear of public speaking. I'm less likely to have a fear of public speaking. And that is true. That's very true. Um, Let's see. Back hair. Lightly. Little upper back hair. That is true. Do you have upper back hair? I got a lot
0: of back hair, man. I got back hair a little bit. got a place. lot of back hair? Not like, oh. no. Is,
1: that, is it like, is it like fake?
0: No, 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 not really. No. Oh. It's not. I just said no. You still <laughs> just, oh.
1: <laughs> It didn't that matter what I was going oh. to say. I need to just have it that It didn't matter already. what I said.
0: Yeah. Look. This is not, this is not my fault. Like people, people act like hair. People act like hair growing in different parts is like your fault. Like this is something you chose. Yeah. It's like
1: God. How could you? How could you choose such a such a location for your hair?
0: <laughs> and God, I'll take a little bit of back hair just to sprinkle. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, more likely to get dandruff. Uh, hmm. Maybe I wash my hair too often to know. So let's see. Likely dry earwax. That's a shame. Oh, dude, fear of heights. I'm less likely than average to be a fear of heights. I'm um,
0: terrified of them, dude. Also wrong. Absolutely terrified of them. Can't can't do it.
1: Yeah, but we're gonna we're gonna figure it out. You know when we're mm. gonna figure it out, resident?
0: What? When we're flying our drone above Alaska?
1: Exactly. When we're driving to Alaska, we're gonna stop off at a few mm. scenic points. And we're gonna walk up right up to the edge. No, we're not.
0: Not up to the edge. Not if there, not there better the be issue. a guardrail there.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you walk up to the guardrail. Oh, okay,
0: yeah, I'll walk up to but the like guardrail, but
1: yeah, but like your legs will touch the guardrail. Yeah, okay,
0: All right. I, I think I could deal with that. I just can't. We're not, we're not walking up to like so you know, just the side of a cliff with no rail. No, I'll uh, I'll stand, like I'll stand you, like a, f- a few feet back.
1: Have you ever been to uh, the Grand Canyon?
0: Yeah, but a long time ago. I remember seeing when I was a kid. I remember so when I went there, I was. I must have been about 11 years old. And when we went there, I remember there were some people posing for pictures. They were like right along the edge of like, you know, the, uh, the it's it, it's huge. So it's not like there's one cliff or anything. But where we were uh, like right along the edge, there were there were people kind of like just standing there posing right along the edges of it, uh, kind of like leaning over. I was like, yeah, no, no not, that's not me. Some people were sitting over the edge. I was like, what if you slide, dude? What if you slip? It's all over. That's a real thing. That's what—that's that's, a real that's, thing. thats what I think all the time. I'm constantly There's thinking, a... "What if you trip?" Like, how often are you walking down the street, and you just kind of, you kind of trip, right? It's not often, but it happens every now and again. And when I see these people casually just walking along the edge, I'm like, "Yo, what if you trip right now?" And it's not like you know, it's not like freshly paved pavement. This is these are rocks. There's like you know, grooves and and uh, and whatever in these things. It's just not for me. I I think of everything that can possibly go wrong, and that's why I can't do. That's why I can't deal with heights.
1: Um, that is a real phenomenon to like think of like those what ifs or like have like that mental moment like oh what if I just you know jump what would happen
0: oh I don't have those No. Nah. <laughs> what if I just jump
1: <laughs> <laughs> what if you just jump
0: what if I just walked off the edge yeah what would happen
1: um. So, I know that we talked about this a while ago, and we keep bringing it up. 2020. Are we driving to Alaska?
0: I, I hope to. That's my plan. Yeah? I was talking with Lena about it. Um, yeah. And like, I know you seem a little more concerned about it than we do. And maybe, maybe we are too, uh, like, oh, of course we're going to be able to go about it. I'm not sure. But I feel like there's no reason for us to not be able to make it. So, obviously, the reason why we wouldn't be able to make it, of course, is the baby. Maybe I should explain that, Uh right? Uh, Anyone who didn't listen to the last week's episode, Lane and I are expecting a baby. Um, But the trip, like, how long do you think the trip would take? We talked about, like, max two weeks, right?
1: Max two weeks, but probably, like, seven to ten days, I think, is a good one. Right.
0: Um, At that point, the baby's going to be close to a year old. Um, The like we, we do plan to, to breastfeed, but at that point, the, the dependency on that is, is likely going to be, if not completely gone, uh, to a minimum or it will be minimal. So I think being able to leave the baby with, you know, a grandparent for, for that extended period of time would be, you know, we, I, I know like Layne's mom, for example, would be, you know, would love to have the baby for that long, for that period of time. Um, and, and certainly would be willing to help us make that trip possible by doing that. So I think, I think it will, it would be, it would be doable for us to, to, you know, use the support group that we have here to make that work, whether it's exclusively her mom or her mom, my parents, some, her stepdad. Um, I think people would be more than happy to help. So I think in terms of that, we can, we can definitely have it. We can definitely do it and plan for it. Okay. Um, and then, uh, yeah then we gotta just figure out where we want to go
1: yeah i'm thinking uh i have to see like a couple of things on my end uh from a timing perspective i do know that i don't want to do it like late fall or winter
0: yeah yeah be cold man just from
1: the... exactly and I, it's like and a mix of like definitely cold and dark do we want to do it like maybe like late spring late summer where it's also just not like prohibitively warm you know right I think something that's, like, in the middle would be good. And then we got to figure out, like, how to, like, can we rent a car and drive through Canada?
0: That's a good question. How <laughs> did you say that? So. Right? Yeah, that's, that is a good question. Um,
1: It'd be different if, like, we had a car, right? Yeah. Because you just have the license and you're good, good to go. Mm-hmm. But we're obviously not driving all the way out there. Um, that would be a different trip. But. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah so we we would have to see about that as well yeah but i mean i'm i'm very stoked for your guys's uh sort of the enthusiasm that you guys have
0: yeah into like parenthood
1: yeah man so celebrate parenthood by leaving your baby at home
0: <laughs> exactly for uh two weeks yeah um, yeah man we this weekend we we drove up to to um kingston new york which is a little bit north of uh, Poughkeepsie. poughkeepsie her i don't know if you remember a few years ago her cousin got married i think we, we, we were doing the podcast at that point so her cousin got married and we went up for the wedding in poughkeepsie and they uh well the the couple that got married they had a a baby a year ago and so we went up for that baby's one year uh birthday and so we drove up to to Kingston yesterday which was about a four-ish hour drive with traffic and you know a couple stops and while we were there there are were, there were a lot of kids there and so we're just kind of like watching the kids and looking at the variety of ages it's interesting seeing because a lot of the kids that were there were right around that one year point and it's interesting seeing like just the differences in the sizes of the babies but also the personalities as well but one thing that I noticed about some of the older kids is just how damn fast kids move man like What do you mean? So you know how like parents will say, oh, if you take your, you take your eyes off your kids for like a second and, and they've done something that you told them not to do or that, you didn't want them to do. I could totally see that happening because we're sitting there and we're like talking with people and the kid, like I'll see a kid like 50 feet away from me. Right. And then like, I'll look away and talk to the person that I was talking to. And then like, all of a sudden I'll look over again. And that kid who was like 50 feet away is like right next to me. And I'm like, how the hell did you get here? These kids just teleport, dude. I'm telling you.
1: Maybe you're just maybe you're getting too old. No, like, man, life's life's moving past you. I'll, you're
0: like, <laughs> I'll explain you're why. You're keeping your eyes open. No, I know why it happens. Kids love to run everywhere. They don't like to walk, especially when they're hanging out with other kids. You know how Kevin Hart described kids when they're around other kids; they get really amped up and everything.
1: Yeah,
0: kids love to run everywhere when they're around other kids. They don't walk, and so they you 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 like watch them for a little bit, and you'll see them like sprint from point A to point B. Hang out at point B for a minute, then sprint to point C, then sprint back to point A. They don't like casually walk places and talk with the people that they're that they're hanging out with. They're always like running and doing something. So, Man. so that's what I noticed.
1: Um, do you uh do you have any ideas uh, about like how you guys are going to be doing the room, like how you guys are going to be prepping the room for the baby?
0: Yeah, so um the the room is what we used to use as our office when Lena's mom moved in we moved um our oh office man
1: pc gaming is done
0: <laughs> no the office op- <laughs> <laughs> ask the, the right questions the office was moved to the basement and uh that was around the time that i built my pc like the 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 new PC was upstairs. Was in the upstairs office for a short period of time. The really nice thing about this computer build, though, like I, I think I certainly mentioned at some point, was how hot my other computer ran. The amount of power that it drew and then output into this really small space was so much that when it was really hot outside and therefore hot in our inside of our house, if we weren't running the AC, it would just become, it would become too hot in that room. So one upgrading this computer it draws a lot less power to do a whole lot more um, that helped but also moving down to the basement in this it's a much larger space it just ventilates a whole lot better it has a lot more area to, to, to disperse to and so it doesn't heat the room as much as it used to um, or at least as much as the other one used to mm-hmm. um, but yeah so her mom's office was in that spare room but what we're going to do is, is um, move our desks a little bit, consolidate some of the space that we have in the basement and move a third desk in. And so this finished area in the basement is just going to be just complete office just office space. Um, and so there'll be a third desk here. The, uh, the third bedroom where her mom's office is now has already been somewhat minimalized and we've moved all the gifts that we got from the baby shower up to a corner there. We We bought a futon that the intention was to be a pseudo spare room, as well as a a nursery for the baby. The futon didn't work out. So what we're we're, going to do is get a, um, a twin bed instead. The futon just wasn't comfortable. Um, and so we're just going to get, we're just going to get a twin bed and have that be a space where guests could sleep, especially when the baby's really young, the baby's not going to be sleeping in there until it's like six months or so. Um, yeah when does
1: that when does that happen
0: so we have a what's called a any parents i guess might know this it, it's a it's called a Bassinest. it's a bassinet, it's, bassinet? Yeah, it, no it's a bassinet but the brand is called a bassinest. and so oh, okay. it, it just kind of like it, it it's like i don't know it's got all these little features and stuff the problem with it is that the bait it's a really expensive device like or thing it's like a 250 dollar thing we got it from a consignment shop for like 90 bucks um, you okay. know, they, they call it like gently used, but I believe it because these things can only support up to about a four month old. They really, they don't recommend them being used until or after the baby is so much and you know, whatever, whatever weight. And part of the reason is because this thing kind of like swivels all over the place, it can, it can like move toward the bed or away from the bed. It also has this little, like, um, like the thing has like these, it's like a six inch or one foot high wall to protect the baby you know from falling out but the the side that would be facing your bed it you can just like push your hand on it and it kind of just squeezes together and you can kind of just scoop the baby out of there without really getting out of bed so for Lena, when she's got a nurse if the baby wakes up she can kind of just easily get the baby out without actually even having to get out of bed herself and just you know do her thing so we got that and that's where the baby will be so the baby will be in our room for the first few months but one of the things Lena might do is, especially when I'm working, if she's, if she's not working quite yet, um, or even, even just like later on. So if we're both working, but she's got a nurse, the baby's a little bit older. If we have that, that twin bed in the spare room, if the baby just is being fussy, she can take the baby nurse in there and, um, let me sleep and she can fall asleep on that bed if she has to. So that's the general idea. Um, but Again, yeah, the baby won't be in there for a few months, but it'll be mostly cleared out in the next few weeks, actually, so that we can, the, the crib's not even going to be in that room yet. It's just going to be this twin bed, the gifts, um, maybe like a nursing chair and a couple of other things, but it's going to be a relatively minimal room, just not going to be used for too much other than potentially people sleeping in there um, as they, as they, as we get guests to come see the baby when it's when it's born.
1: Do you have anything that you're like hoping to to uh, like spruce up that place in addition to that or like do you personally or elena have any like visions on like like is there like other like um sort of diy projects that are coming along mm-hmm. or it's like you kind of want to keep it like not humble but just like easy
0: Well, we got a lot of books at the baby shower. So one of the things that we're doing is getting a – we we ordered these custom bookshelves from Etsy. And so we're going to – I'll be setting up that that bookshelf um, soon, and we'll be able to get rid of – not get rid of, but kind of consolidate some of that space that's being used on the floor with all of our gifts. Like all the books are kind of stacked in different places. We'll actually be able to get those onto the bookshelf, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, In terms of the rest of the house, though, there are certain things that I do need to do. Um, one is actually make an attempt at getting a car seat in the car. Um, Lena right now, today is 34 weeks. And so I think they say at about like 36, 37 weeks, the baby can really come at just about any time between then. And so for those who don't know, normally a baby takes about 40 weeks. So you're given a, from the point of conception or the estimated point, point of conception, they'll give you a, um, a, uh, a due date, and that's about 40 weeks after that conception date, or you, you can use like your your the, the last day of your period to estimate when that baby would be due. But they'll say like plus or minus a few weeks when it comes to that due date. So the baby could come theoretically between like 36 and 42 weeks and, and, and be okay. So I want to get the car seat into my car because of course I'll be driving the baby home Uh, after the baby's been born. So I want to put it in the car or try to figure it out on my own. But then after that, take it to either the hospital or the DMV or um, a fire station or police station, like plenty of places will do it to make sure that you've you've properly installed that car seat. So I want to try it myself to make sure that I know how to do it, that I understand what's happening when they're showing me how to do it. And just figure out the mistakes on my own because that's that's usually how I learn best, especially if I need to go to somebody after, or especially like if I need to have it done properly. I just want to understand. Okay, I remember doing this, and I didn't do it right, and they can show me, and I can remember remember that step. So that's one thing. The other big thing, though, is the uh, the basement, the current office space where I am right now. There's we have we got like these shelves, and we've used them to kind of organize things, but things just aren't fully organized like they're not they're not as organized as I would like them to be the nice thing about having the shelves is that it's you know things aren't like you know scattered about in little bins or boxes or whatever around the house like they used to be before her mom moved in like when her mom moved in we needed to get things out of Wherever we had things scattered um, because we had so much excess space, we had stuff like in, a, in closets and, and whatever, like things we never even fully unpacked after moving out of our parents' houses before we got married. So we got some of these things out of these boxes and bin, or bins and put onto these shelves, but they're still not properly organized. And so one of the things that I want to do is try to organize those things just to you know spruce up the basement, help, have a look a little bit better um, and just be a little bit cozier when we're down here working. So that's that's the main one. We're really I think we're pretty set for the baby to arrive at this point. I know Lena's big thing is just getting that bed, but once we, once we get that bed, I think she's going to be pretty prepared. Um pretty pretty set for the baby. So yeah, it's not not too much. I think we I think Lena's done a great job. I won't even try to take credit for most of this. She's she's really tackled a whole lot of this, especially when I was working on that my my dissertation and my defense. She really tackled a whole lot of this stuff. Um we did attend like several um, birthing classes as well as um, uh, caring classes for for newborns. So while I don't think any of those classes are gonna completely prepare you for everything that, you know, that parenthood's gonna bring, I certainly feel more prepared than I would had I not taken those classes, you know, not understood. Um, you know, just to, just to be aware and prepare for certain things. Um, so I'm excited for it.
1: Yeah, what was something that you learned in those classes that you like never thought you'd have to learn?
0: Never thought I had. Um, I think the biggest. So I'll say this: the maybe one of the biggest misconceptions that I had about about um, labor in general is how long it is. Like a woman can be in labor for well over twelve hours. Yeah. Um. And a lot of that time is going to be spent at home. You know, when I think about labor, I oftentimes think about what I see in movies where like the guy is flying through traffic, blowing his horn and running red lights to get to the hospital and everything like that. That's not what it's supposed to be like. That should that should not happen to you. What should happen is, you know, you, you like a mother should start her labor and you'll spend a period of time. You'll spend a decent amount of time laboring at home. And that'll include, you know, like uh, breathing techniques, you know, just massages, um, warm water on the belly, things like that. Uh, But like a woman could be at home for all day. Lena's cousin, she went to labor uh, in England. I think she went to labor in like the morning and she was home all day. Like they like built a shelf like she was between contractions. She was building like a shelf for the living room or whatever it was. So you're you're mobile. You it's not like the pain isn't completely unbearable or anything like that however at a certain point like during this process your your cervix is dilating and at some point it's going to get like so dilated through so and like you're like i'm not going to be trying to make a determination on how dilated she is or anything like that but what they'll do is um use the contraction lengths as well as the the time between the contractions in order to determine an estimation on how so how dilated she is and how prepared she is to actually come in and um and start the birthing process and so that was probably the most surprising thing that i learned was just how long of a process it is but also like how to be a supporter how to be a support person to be there to try to help her through it and i think that's probably one of the bigger things is to have a support person who knows what they're doing and i don't i don't think i know what i'm doing per se but i think i've been exposed to enough to to um to actually be a, a competent support person and her mom will be there as well, which is going to be great because if I get tired or exhausted or whatever it might be, her mom will be there and, and is certainly experienced, um, to, uh, to help her as well.
1: Yeah. To help like take over. Yeah,
0: exactly. Like we're, and we're doing it at a birthing center. We're not doing it at a hospital. So the, the, the levels of support that you have from like a midwife and a nurse is compared to what you have might, as compared to what you might have at a typical hospital is going to be different um so i think it'll be a lot more of a i don't want to say like that you wouldn't get this type of support at a hospital but i think the it's just going to be a different experience and and from what we're getting um we have to go to these we have to go to the center um every other week and i think i think starting the, the in two weeks she'll be on weekly visits up until the baby's born and so oftentimes we're just like, you know, we're kind of being coached through the different things, uh, things that we need to look for, things that we should expect. Um, it's a lot of like education is what we're getting. So, again, I don't feel like an expert, but I also feel like I know a lot more than I ever would have thought I would need to know <laughs> if that makes sense.
1: No, I think that makes, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, so are you like in... So you said at 37 weeks or 34 weeks that it, anything can happen? So
0: she's at 34. I think about like 37, I want to say is, is – um, I think I said 36 earlier, but I, I think maybe 37 is probably the better number.
1: So do you have – like is it too early to start thinking about like getting that quote-unquote go bag ready?
0: no it's not i i think i don't think it's ever too early to have it and we're i, I know lane's put that on our schedule she's she's she, in our our joint calendar she's like put all sorts of different things coming up for um for this so let me see what she has um the backpacking is two weeks from now so week 36 um on yo, saturday yo. she's okay. got that on here um yeah nothing really crazy planned nothing really crazy on the on the uh the schedule on my version at least mm-hmm. but yeah due, yeah due date is is august 11th so due
1: date is august 11th yeah all right six
0: weeks away we'll see we'll see how close to the due date it ends up being
1: yeah my parents are like you should you uh you should come home sometime mid-august uh like once the house is uh like quote-unquote better set up yeah uh maybe we'll uh we'll stop by and see uh see you guys with uh with a kid in your hand
0: yeah yeah that'd be dope yep.
1: you better you better you better plan that right so you better tell elena <laughs> that if august 11th is when it's about to go down yeah like if she could kindly stick to the time frame
0: mm.
1: you think she'd be able to do that for us
0: i'll, I'll see what I, i'll see what she can do that's the other. Th-
1: That'll be very helpful.
0: One of the other things that they say a lot is, um, I don't think we're gonna have this problem to be honest. But one of the things that they'll say a lot is, be careful like the number of guests that you try to have over or whatever. So like they say, the the day that the, I already the, don't like what this the conversation that, is going. No, 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 the day that the baby's born, don't try to have anybody over. Um, well, that makes sense because yeah, you you've just you know, mother's it's just like gone through made, like twelve yeah. hours of of labor. Uh, father, of course me, um, has, has gone have through how many hours being awake. What have you done? Oftentimes <laughs> I didn't go through labor, but I also, did, I, I did not have to, I didn't get to sleep. And what a, a lot of times babies love to initiate labor, like in the middle of the night. So you're just not, so a lot of times you, by the time the baby's born, the, uh, the mother won't have slept for like 36 hours or more. So that's probably one of the things I'm looking forward to the least getting home from a long day of work sitting on the couch and then be like oh water broke like ah oh, shit here it goes
1: dude it sounds like you might be winning the Dion waiters award
0: <laughs> you've been listening to way too much re- uh rewatchables I have, did you are, i absolutely have have you are you aware of the uh the version that they have on like lumineers or whatever luminary luminary lumineers is a, uh, it's like a no. band isn't it
1: luminary yeah luminary is the band yes <laughs> um no what's uh what's
0: the, so luminary what well, it's it's the website it's a, it's a it's a podcast stream platform interesting they have exclusive episodes on, on luminary i've never listened no to them bad. or even searched them before but i know that they have exclusive episodes here i don't know if there's like a i don't know if there's like a subscription or what it is exactly to be honest but yeah, I just curious if you.
1: No, I haven't. Okay. I've been listening to them uh, on my long runs. So today, like yesterday, I had to run six. Not really necessarily. I I'm, I have this new training program that i can gonna talk to you about in a second. Yeah. Um. Actually, this is a pretty good segue. So let's put a pin wait, in.
0: Wait, wait. I got the answer to this really quickly before the segue. Sorry. It's called right. The Rewatchables, Nineteen ninety nine. It's on Luminary, but it's a Luminary premium podcast. So you can't listen to it without paying $8 a month to hear it. They have episodes on American Pie, Cruel Intentions, Big Daddy, Notting Hill, The Insider, Austin Powers, Office Space, Sixth Sense, and Matrix. And the Matrix episode came out 10 days ago. So I'm not sure if they're doing any more in this first season, but that's all I got.
1: Okay, um, so I've been starting, I've been like, uh, last week I'd say was like the most serious week of training for me. Really? Um, yeah, because my friend has, uh, I basically hired my friend to be my marathon training coach. Uh, and so he has given me uh, some training things for the week. Now, last week... Starting on Monday, it was strength training and 10 minutes elliptical. So strength training is a real thing now? Yeah. All right. Let me tell you what we're doing. Go for it. Okay. Lunge walk with six-pound uh, medicine ball, 30 meters there and back, two sets. All right? Okay. There's, there's also so it's supposed to be a 10-minute elliptical. I but hate lunches,
0: by the way. Just got to throw that out there. Despise everything about lunges; They're the worst.
1: Oh uh, Yeah. Well, my butt hurt for two days afterwards. <laughs> exactly. So. Um, I did two sets of 20 push-ups. Okay. I had to learn how to do a Bulgarian split squat.
0: Yeah. I don't do those very much. I, I off- on each oftentimes leg. don't do them.
1: My, uh, my buddy said that. Uh, I don't have to do it with, like, the foot on the bench if it hurts. I can just, like, sort of, like, solo squat it, you know?
0: Uh, that seems harder, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. I've only I do. ever done it on the bench. I've never tried to do it split, uh, without it. It's it's like doing a, uh, a, a, a pistol, basically, where you can – it's a single-leg squat, but you extend your leg forward. That's not squatting. I can't do it. I don't have enough balance for it.
1: Yeah. So we'll see about that. Um, one arm bench rows. Okay. Uh, two sets of 12 to 15. The weight should be around 35 pounds. Yep. Uh, for the core, holding a minute plank. Okay. Side planks at 30 to 35 seconds each side. That's
0: easy for you. It's probably lightweight. No, work,
1: dude. Right? Nah, dude. <laughs> dude, my, dude. I'm shaking, dude. Um, lying on back with football in air between feet. Reaches the ball 12 times, then rolls side to side four times and then something about lying on back reverse curl and press feet towards ceiling uh yeah we'll see about that um then there's like some like mini band exercises I won't get into but there's uh tricep bench dips calf raises Uh dumbbell run drills for 45 seconds you basically use like he says 10 pound weights uh I'm gonna go with 2 pound weights uh but you run on the treadmill for 45 seconds uh with the uh, with the dumbbells to like increase the uh the strength in that motion, hamstring curl machine at fifty pounds, one leg leg extension machines, ten on each side, do two sets of that. The weight at thirty pounds, hold for one second at top, and foot slightly turned out. And then there's some uh, stretches that we'll get into. I mean, we won't get into. So
0: how long these? I'm sorry that Are... probably about an hour. Are these all things that you did in that single day or are these yeah. things that, geez,
1: I did all. Wow. Um. So last week, that was Monday, strength training and minute elliptical. Tuesday was a 40 minute, slightly below marathon pace run. Wednesday was a 35 minute easy pace uh, that feels natural and not forced. Thursday was a 15 minute run. Friday was my rest day. And Saturday, what I was supposed to do was five one-minute strides with a one-minute jog recovery in between. Uh, and then you do like a 15-minute warm-up and a 15-minute cool-down uh, on either side of that. I misread that totally and just ran for six miles. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I goofed that. Uh, and then today I ran 11 miles. Wow. Um, so I put 31 miles on my feet last week. Uh, we're aiming for 35 this week. So.
0: Jeez Louise, dude.
1: Yeah, this is going to be a tough one because Monday is strength training and 20 minutes elliptical. Tuesday is 40 minute run. Wednesday is one hour run. Thursday is like July 4th. That's 35 minutes easy. Friday is a rest day. Saturday, we're going to have to figure out where I can do like these sprints. And Sunday, after we get back from July 4th, I got to figure out some time to run 12 miles. Um, and then the week after that, is same thing, literally the same thing. It's just like consistency. And he ups like the running throughout the week a little bit more. Um, the strides on Saturday, on Sunday, like Sunday becomes 14 miles next week. or um, well, uh two weeks from now? What's interesting is like Saturday should be quote unquote simpler because you're doing like these short sprints. Um, obviously the sprints don't make it easy, right? What you're yeah. supposed to do is warm up your legs from the rest day that you had on friday and prime your legs up so that they can take 14 miles and he said that uh he's gonna start upping my strength training to two times a week wow. which nobody told him to do that but <laughs> he decided that you know what as your now pseudo coach uh i feel compelled to, to do that
0: How I don't know how I, I don't know is, how I feel is this me. like through your um the uh running work yeah maha run club
1: uh so no. This is totally unsanctioned off the books.
0: <laughs> How did you find this?
1: Oh uh, my buddy. My buddy decided that uh. he was gonna be my coach.
0: Oh, um, oh I see. Yeah. Oh boy.
1: I mean I said I was in favor of it and then when I when I uh when I found out what that actually entailed, I was like I goofed. Uh, I goofed. I might have goofed, yeah. So
0: just a little bit.
1: It's uh it's good though because I told him what my goal was, and he is helping me try to, like, realize that goal. Um, now, whether or not I ever get there is a separate thing, but I'm hoping. I'm hoping that this is a shot, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, man. Sounds good. Um, that's, uh, so I'm really trying to kick this into high gear. Yeah. Uh, I'm not at a point where I'm going to go after, like, the monster squad challenges. Uh, but part of me wants to, like, once I get a little bit stronger, you know? On like strength training days or whatever, I might like try and, and do some uh, some squats and s- see if I can do like some uh, bench presses. You know, I've never really done too many bench presses in my life, so I even, I can't even really even tell you like what my uh, what my numbers would be.
0: Yeah. Well, if
1: I also if I bench press on a Smith machine, technically that doesn't really count, right?
0: <laughs> People very much don't like the Smith machine. Um, I well because
1: of the thing is like tied to the machine, right? The, uh, like the pole is almost like. On, like, a wire system. So it's not even like the, the, how, how much is the bar? 45 pounds? Yeah. But, like, yeah. the bar on, like, a, your standard, like, bench press bench or whatever is, like, something that you can, like, hold by yourself. But in a Smith machine, it's, like, part of the cable system, right?
0: Yeah, I guess so. How I does don't, that work? I don't I, don't, I don't, I haven't used a Smith machine in a while. um I don't, I don't normally bench on them. But yeah, I don't, I don't really have much to contribute to that. <laughs> To be honest,
1: when you say that, do you say like you wouldn't mess with that? No, or? not really,
0: because there's no reason to. Like you're, you're not with, with the Smith machine. You can still, you're still, you know, lifting and everything. Like I'd have to, I literally have to Google why don't people like the Smith machine?
1: Yeah, hit me up with some of that knowledge.
0: Some people might actually. Let's see, why does everyone hate it? It's basically a barbell attached to the safety rail system that lets people lift weights safely by themselves without a spotter. Doesn't sound so bad, does it? Why does this piece of equipment get Uh-oh. hated on by so many lifters? Well, for a couple of reasons, really. First of all, I mentioned the Smith machine limits forward-backward movement. The bar only moves vertically. This motion, res- res- this motion restriction affects your form during exercises. You basically have to alter your form to fit the machine. Folks that are used to lifting free weights don't like this because it can make your form feel unnatural. If you're not careful, this motion restriction can also put additional stress through your joints. This can actually increase your chances of injury, something nobody wants, of course. This is especially common during squats if you aren't paying attention to your foot placement. The biggest reason so many serious athletes and and bodybuilders hate Smith machines, though, is that this device makes lifting easier. If you're trying to increase strength and power, you don't want to make movements easier. It takes away from the purpose of lifting free weights in the first place. So that's the. Uh, right. I guess that's the bulk of it. Yeah. They'd go you on for more.
1: That sounds like a pretty strong indictment.
0: <laughs> I guess I I, I definitely understand it, the um the I understand the motion restriction part of it. Mm-hmm. When you're benching, oftentimes you're going to you're not necessarily moving it in a straight line, but you kind you can kind of um do it. You can kind of like lift in some type of like arc. I guess if that makes sense, like a slight curve. Yeah. Um, especially when you're, you know, you're going from the, the resting position with the the bar on, on its uh, rack, you, you oftentimes push the bar up, but then you, 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 you oftentimes, um, think about this <laughs> you will push the bar up but the bar will be more over your face you'll line your face your eyes with the bar so when you're pulling the bar up that's not actually ha- the location from where you're going to be benching you're going to bring the bar a few inches forward which is going to be over your chest and then and then bench from there but um yeah i think it'll be regardless regardless of what you do i think it'll be good um just for you to get back in or t- for you to get into it yeah, better, get into it. Better late than never, and, and just by not having a baseline, you know, it doesn't really matter. You, you you will have one. Um, the one thing I'll say is um, definitely try to like explode into those push. Like you know, when you're pushing, like explode out of it. Um, really try to push through your chest because it's it can be easy to end up pushing through your shoulders and triceps a lot, um, and and that's not going to be like. Of course, the the workout itself is going to work your triceps and shoulders. So if you feel it there it's not indicative of you doing it incorrectly but you definitely want to get your chest involved and so try to try to squeeze your chest as you're pushing out of it you'll also feel that a lot when you're doing back work back workouts like pull-ups uh-huh. for example you really want to like squeeze your back as you're pulling um, you won't you you often like you can get away without doing it and realize that you're not getting the right you're not necessarily hitting all the muscle groups that you want to hit so
1: so when you say explode through the chest, on pushing out, what is that? What is that actually like? Like walk me through that motion real quick.
0: So when you when I bench, oftentimes what I'll do is I I almost use like I when I bring the bar down to my chest, right? Uh huh. I don't like let the bar sit there. I don't stop there and then start to push out of it. I'll almost like bounce it out of. I almost bounce it out. So as it's coming down to my chest i all it'll it'll be controlled as it's dropping. But as soon as it hits my chest, then I like really push. Like I I um I I immediately get it off of it. Off the chest. So hit your chest and then get it out. Uh, so it's, uh, it's almost
1: like that light tap of the chest.
0: Yeah, and the light tap sometimes might not be super light. Um but yeah, it, it's hard to describe. <laughs> it's hard to describe without actually doing it, I guess. But um yeah i i'm sure your buddy will definitely be helping you out with it so it's not going to be it shouldn't be too big of a problem
1: one of these days i feel like we should work out together and we can help each other out with like the uh the different things that we're doing yeah i feel like that'd be really helpful yeah it could yeah um for are you still doing crossfit
0: yeah i am um the the a lot uh, of
1: excitement there
0: no so the the last few weeks that i've been going because after hawaii and um a work trip that lana took that I, up to the poconos when i went with her as well as like my dissertation and the defense i wasn't going um i wasn't i was still going you know two to three weeks but or two to three two to three times a week of course except for when i was out of town but not quite that three to four that i usually try to hit and sometimes like i was really you know at that two the, at that two marker so now with the the weather, the temperature being so much hotter as well as me being out of it for a bit, these workouts have been tough for me, dude. Some of these have been absolutely brutal. When we're they'll we'll have to like run outside, come back in, do some lifts, go back outside and run some more. When in summertime they love they love to, to have running workouts and I I'm fine with that, but some of these workouts I just cannot really hang past the past that first round and I just sit there, I'll be, I'll be going and I'm like, dude, I don't know how I'm supposed to do four more of these things. I think I might, I I might have to quit. I never quit, but the thought crosses my mind. And if it wasn't for the fact that we're there in a class, if I was there on my own, like that's where the benefit of doing this, like in a class, like environment comes in, there's a level of accountability that you have with that social pressure. If I was by myself, I a hundred percent would quit. No, no doubt about it. But I'm sitting there with these other people. It's like, okay, we sign up for five rounds. I gotta do five rounds.
1: Yeah, that social pressure is really big.
0: It's very real. It's the same
1: thing that I feel in uh, those, the mile high classes. That you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna push because I know that the uh, especially some of the trainers. Hey, I've been there so often that they they they'll like not shout shout me out, but they'll like sort of nod their head at me. Yeah. About when I'm doing something, and it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll run for that, you know. Yep. So it's, like, it's, it's one of those. I'm, I'm trying to make you proud. Uh, and that sort of pushes me forward to do more. Uh, so yeah, what you're, what you're saying, I a hundred percent can, can empathize with. Yeah. Uh, do you think you'll try to, to either do the workouts once the baby comes, or do you think you'll try and bring the workouts home in a way?
0: So I have a contract where I'm supposed to be going up until December I think I'm gonna try. My biggest concern is not even the baby. It's gonna be the new job. My commute is gonna go from potentially being n- none when I work from home, to being three hours total each every day. You know, an hour and a half there and back. I might be able to work from home, but I don't know how long it's gonna take for me to feel comfortable enough to do that. Not because I don't mm-hmm. think not because I think they're gonna have a problem with it, but because I don't know if I'm gonna be comfortable enough with the work to feel like I should or can be working from home. So if I'm working from home, though, it'll be a lot easier for me to, you know, to get there, whether it's at noon on a lunch break or whether it's in the evenings, um, you know, early in the evening. What I know is that I have to leave if I to get there on time, I'm going to have to leave at about seven to seven thirty in the morning, I think, to catch a train to get to the office by 9 a.m. So theoretically, I can I could go to like the 5 a.m. class and work out. That isn't really my style to wake up at 4.30 in the morning to get to the gym to work out for an hour. You and don't to come not Yeah, it's not my style. Because um, I have to go to – you have to go to bed so early for that, dude. Yeah, I'd but have,
1: you're going to be an to be You're going to be a like father. My,
0: yeah, and, yeah. A baby waking me up in the middle of the night. i have to go to bed like at 7. That's the problem because the problem the, – the, here's, here's the main – the, uh, yeah. hey, the, the primary issue. Hit me with the problem. The primary issue for me is my life – is already gonna, like 11 hours of my day is already going to be dedicated to work.
1: Yeah. Welcome.
0: Yeah. Well, if I, if I got it, if I, if I then have to put eight hours of my day to sleep, that leaves yeah. me with five hours left. Yeah. And that is like ideal. that's, that's like complete ideal situation. Five hours. I don't think, I think, I think work and the commute is going to take a little bit more than just that 11 hours. So, then we got baby, got to try to like prep food, got to do this and that. Like I'm not really going to have that much leisure time for myself. So then if I have to add in this hour of workout plus the commute time to and from the gym, like I, I feel like I'm just out of day. Like I don't have any time to actually sit down and relax for a minute, whether it's play video games or watch TV or, or anything well, like that.
1: Well, the playing video games part, you just got to strike from your mind because that's never happening
0: again. <laughs> it's, 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 it's 100% happening again. No, my thing is just it's I really, I really don't think it will be never again. Just never. I'll I never think, play video games.
1: I well, I think you should sell all your consoles and smash all your games. I say no. Um, what I'm saying is, uh, don't you have an opportunity within your commute to like have some time to yourself?
0: Yeah. So I think I what I might be doing is spending some time on that commute working if I can. So on that train. Um, on that train tethering my laptop to my phone but i did actually i have to i had to go to the um not the office but to the hospital on um where, where i'll be working on friday um and one thing that i found is that there are certain spots in that train that just have like no lte coverage whatsoever uh-huh. so working from the train is gonna i have to i need i would need my work to be to i need it to be capable of being done locally so if i'm doing some type of like programming or data analysis i need it to be on my local machine so that i can handle that on the train when we lose when, when i lose like that type of service some of the trains will have wi-fi but that's not guaranteed so it's just the luck of the draw on what the train is taking me to the office and bringing me home in the evening so as much of my work can, that can that can be done locally will be will be uh, great and if i can do work then that i wouldn't stay in the office for the full eight hours I would stay there for like seven hours or maybe six and a half hours, so that I can get home at a decent time. And if I do that, then that would definitely give me the time to get to the gym um, and just give me a little bit more personal time. So if I'm not if I'm not spending that commute just kind of sitting there twiddling my thumbs, uh, it, it gives me a little bit more day back to myself, which would be great.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, that's where the switch comes in in my hand in my mind. Yeah. Uh, I think you, what you'll find is that you'll probably uh, start to find. Like way different ways to relax from other sources, yeah. Uh, or you know, you'll just sort of. I mean, I know for a fact that I'm certainly playing uh, less than what we used to play, you know. Um, but it's uh, it's just one of those things that it sort of just naturally comes, and you'll find that you'll you'll be uh, deriving a lot more like uh, either pleasure or relaxation from just other sources. Which is never a bad thing. Yeah. That being said, that being said, I, we're going to miss you. <laughs> uh, it's been a hell of a ride. And uh, Godspeed.
0: I'll be there. I'll, I'm going to make it just like Alaska. That's right? I'm gonna be there. the res I gonna, love. We're, we're going to hit World Tier 5, man. I'm telling you. It's coming. Oh,
1: don't, don't, don't do that.
0: It's not even my fault that we haven't hit it yet. That's the thing. That's on you. How's that on me? I don't know because I said so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's fair enough. Um, Why don't we get out of here so that you and I have a shot
0: at going to bed early? All right, sounds good. All right. All right. I'm Reza.
1: I'm Sandy. Thanks so much for listening. See you guys next week.